What is up, you guys? It's so good to be back. Uh, here we are with episode 10 of the Sauce Lab podcast. Uh, we're finally now getting into, officially, it's draft season, baby. Uh, less than a month away, we are going to all be gathering in Cleveland to watch the NFL draft. I cannot wait. I The... Um, the excitement that I have is off of the charts for every team to add five to ten amazing potential players. Gives everybody in the league hope. So to this week, I'm going to be quickly giving you the two, thi- two big things that happened this week. But then we're going to hop right into my three-round mock draft. So how I did it, I'm going to analyze the first round and all the picks and just talk about where teams could go, reasoning why they took the players that they did. And then for the last two rounds, I'm just going to read off the names. I'm also going to say the trades that I did. I did a couple trades, really tried to keep it small with the trades. I think there was a possibility of a lot, a lot of movement, but a trade that just happened yesterday has made that movement a lot less likely. I think that the Panthers were going to trade up and get a quarterback, but now that really doesn't seem likely because of the trade that happened yesterday. I'll just say we don't even need to put it in a minute because really there has not been that much NFL news over the last week. Uh, Colton Miller and Tyler Lockett both got four-year extensions, and then Sam Darnold, the quarterback of the Jets, was traded to the Carolina Panthers to become their quarterback one for a sixth this year, a second, and a fourth next year. So that's crazy as a Jets fan personally I had expected that Darnold would leave literally the last episode I was giving reason as to why they need to take a quarterback so I was definitely expecting it and I definitely think that it's the right move for both organizations but on the other hand it just still feels weird as a Jets fan this homegrown talent that three years ago I had so much hope he would become a at least Pro Bowl caliber caliber player us trading him literally closes the book on any potential of him being anything higher than an f pick going 2 and 14 in his last season on the jets really just makes him one of the worst quarterbacks in jets history which is very hard to say but i really really hope and think that he can do amazing things on the panthers it's just sad that it wasn't on the jets this year i think that darnold definitely is an upgrade over teddy bridgewater um, not by that much of a margin this year, but when you look at the rest of their division, all three of the other quarterbacks in the division, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees is now gone, so I wouldn't even count him, and Tom Brady are all very, very old, so this easily makes him the best outlook player for the next five years at quarterback in that division. Obviously, the Falcons are at four, and they could take a quarterback. Uh, the Saints could end up being in the market for a quarterback by next year. Obviously, we don't know for sure, but definitely from the outlook, it looks like they're the Panthers are definitely still trending upwards. You guys know from episode two, they're one of my my teams, and I think that they will really get it done this year. I'm very excited to see what they're capable of. So now I think we're going to get into my mock draft. I did this on pffdraftsimulator.com. I just, I've been whipping this up over the weekend. Uh, obviously now with the Sam Darnold trade, it, it really doesn't affect the first three rounds of this year's draft, luckily, but it does change who the Panthers would take. It, it really changes everything because everything trickles down from any one move that happens. So this is going to be my first mock coming off of that. I've made a couple before, but I felt like this one with all the trades done and in place is the best one. There was only one trade that I did that was a pre-draft trade, and that is Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. 
Uh, you know he is played right tackle on the Ravens, but is now saying that he is a left tackle. He wants to get paid like a left tackle. After the Chiefs cut Eric Fisher, they now have a clear need at left tackle, and I see the Chiefs trading the 31st pick in the draft straight up for Orlando Brown Jr. from the Ravens. So that is the only pre-draft trade that I have. But now let's hop into the first round. With the first pick in the NFL draft, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. I think that he is the best prospect in this draft. He has been said for the past two years to be one of the most highly touted prospects of all time, being compared to Andrew Luck and other players of that, Peyton Manning, other players of that caliber. Uh, He is a can't-miss prospect. I really think that is the reason Urban Meyer took the job is just to be with Trevor Lawrence and to be side-by-side and have them grow together. I'm really excited for whatever Jacksonville can put together. Right now, the receiving core is pretty solid, so giving Lawrence, Chark, Marvin Jones Jr., and a rising LaVisca Chanel, I think he could definitely take this team and elevate it to something so much bigger than it's been over the last decade. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. You've known it for a minute, and yeah. With the number two pick, I have the New York Jets selecting Zach Wilson, quarterback at a BYU, the man who shined in his pro day. I think that after that pro day, Joe Douglas really sat down and said, are we going to pay Sam Dar?" It was, it was the same thing that I argued with myself about last weekend. Are we really going to have to now pay this guy something that's either too much or it, I, you just can't see the value coming out in the end? Then this week, I was really wrestling with the idea of doing both, having both Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson on the roster. I really like the idea of that. But then I continued to think of the idea that as soon as one of the two starts to play bad, they're going to ask for the other one in. I think that the New York media is just too harsh for them to, like, let a guy ride out until an injury. As soon as he has one screw-up, the entire media is going to say, put in the backup, put in the backup. So I think that it's better that they did it this way. The Jets now get their guy. They're restarting the contract clock with a rookie quarterback. You guys know how much I love a quarterback on a rookie deal. It's the most valuable thing in football, in my opinion. And the Jets, with their new regime uh, in staff, get their new quarterback of the future in Zach Wilson. With the number three pick, I have the San Francisco 49ers after trading up with the Miami Dolphins, selecting Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. Personally, you will see in my positional rankings, I have Mac Jones as my fifth-ranked quarterback, but all signs are starting to lead towards Mac Jones. Kyle Shanahan choosing Mac Jones as pro day over Justin Fields. Mac Jones fits the style, the same Jimmy Garoppolo. I knew Mac uh Kyle Shanahan was very big on Kirk Cousins when he was a free agent at that time. Mac Jones fits that build very similarly. A lot of people say that he's quote-unquote NFL-ready or more NFL-ready than, than a lot of the other prospects. I personally don't agree with that, and but it's just where I think that they're going to go. It's just to fit their system of short passing, dink and dunk, a lot of movement behind the backfield. I mean, it's still going to obviously be a run-first team where the running backs are going to shine, but I could really see. And Mac Jones, personally, I thought would have been a bust in the majority of places. San Francisco is not one of those places just because of how tightly of a ship they run, or how tight of a ship they run. The 
consistency at the quarterback position that's came out of there. Uh, just so many things, so many signs point to Mac Jones being at least decent on the 49ers. D- definitely at least Garoppolo or higher. I can't guarantee that he would be better in this one year, but to restart the clock versus having a 25 million veteran who was really the downfall of the team rather than rising the team up, I think that they're making the right move by taking the quarterback. Don't know if it's the right one, but so be it. At the number four pick, I have the Atlanta Falcons selecting Justin Fields. I know that just previously I said that they have Matt Ryan. I really just see, similar to what I said last week, they can't pass this up. There is a very good chance that they trade out and somebody else takes a quarterback at this spot if they want to pawn it off. But I'd like to think that the Falcons think that they're never going to be in the situation where they're taking top five again. Justin Fields, in my opinion, the third best quarterback in the draft, may to some people second, to some people first. One of the deepest quarterback drafts in a while. I think mean, you're not here again in a while. You let Fields sit behind Matt Ryan for a year. Now that they've extended his contract, they've really shown him that he's the guy for this year, Matt Ryan. Uh, I had originally liked the idea of them trading Matt Ryan and then starting immediately with the quarterback, but it seems like that's less and less likely. Maybe there's even a chance that Matt Ryan goes down with an injury slash plays so bad that a, that the rookie ends up starting anyways. But I just see that when they get to this pick, they're going to be faced with this idea to restart the quarterback clock, and it's going to be too precious to pass up. They have a lot, a lot of other needs on the field, but I have them addressing that later in the draft. Uh, I think that this is just the right move for where they're at and where they have to be. The number five pick, I have the Cincinnati Bengals selecting Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. Uh, I am also a believer in blocking for Joe Burrow in getting the best O-line possible, yet when it's their former teammates and they were such a dynamic connection in college and currently Joe Burrow, the face of the Cincinnati Bengals, is saying that they need to go out and get Jamar Chase, I think that the Bengals are the type of team that just will and they'll follow through with what their quarterback wants. I think Jamar Chase will be an unreal talent, and I really think that he could be up there with the Julios and the DeAndre Hopkins of the world in just consistently year after year, racking up so, so, so many receptions as a possession receiver, but he's also so explosive. I just cannot wait to see what happens there. Jamar Chase would make that receiving core arguably top five in the league with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and I even like uh, Auden Tate. So I really would just love that, and it shows Burrow. We are giving you all the pieces, uh, receivers-wise, to win. So go out and start doing it. Uh, I would assume that if they did go Jamar Chase, then they'd either try to really pursue Mitchell Schwartz or Eric Fisher or another O-lineman that's still available in the free agency market, maybe even trading up later in the second, back into the first, to select another lineman. Uh, uh, You'll continue to hear that I definitely have them addressing linemen later. I don't know if that's the smartest thing for this year, but if they have a good O-line coach, they could definitely coach up some guys to be a lot better. At the number six pick, I have the Miami Dolphins after trading back up to six with the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. In my personal opinion, Kyle Pitts is going to be a position changer. He is going to reinvent the tight end position. He looks like a Calvin Johnson build on, da- on Darren Waller, which is just 
mind-boggling that somebody could be like this. I know that they already have Mike Gesicki, a very young and productive tight end. Two tight end sets are becoming more and more and more relevant in the NFL, and more and more teams are using them. I could see him lining up in the slot, lining up on the boundary, lining up as a normal tight end, even lining up as a fullback and doing some weird run, fake, whatever things. He's just this gadget player that can really play wherever. Uh, it'll be such an upgrade for Tua. Tua has had no one even close to that. Devontae Parker and Mike Sicki are just not even in the same playing field as Kyle Pitts. I think that he'll, he'll elevate and automatically become a top eight tight end in the NFL, kicking Mike Gusecki to the second slot, not him. And I just love this move overall. He's so big. He's so versatile. He's a fantastic blocker. It'll open up. It'll be better for the run game. I think it'll just create this and and I know that it sounds weird, and I know that people say tight end is in the most highly valued position. When you really look at the players who have been dominant tight ends and how their teams do, as compared to like a running back, who I've always said, don't pay the running backs. The teams with the amazing running backs end up going 5-11. and 11. When you look at who the best tight ends are in the league, over the last three years, it's definitely been George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Zach Ertz. Ertz made a Super Bowl, Kelsey made a Super Bowl, Kittle made a Super Bowl. Or I might have said... I might have messed up the wording there, but all three of them made a Super Bowl at some point. Before that, it was probably Greg Olson, also made a Super Bowl. And before that, it was Gronk. And you know Gronk, he, he consistently made a Super Bowl. So for as much, I'm not trying to say that tight end is the most valuable position and automatically if you have a top three guy, you'll go far. But it is record that the teams that are going far do have a very versatile tight end. They do use them a very big amount. And I think that the Dolphins can fit right into that. Uh, with the next pick, I actually have my first trade. Detroit then trading out because they have so, so, so many needs. And a team trading up, not surprisingly, not to take Trey Lance. It is the LA Chargers trading from 13 up to number 7. The trade is the Chargers trade their 13th pick this year and their first rounder next year for the seventh this year. Two picks for one, two firsts for one. They go up and they get Penny Sewell. I still think generational tackle prospect out of Oregon. Uh, I know that people say that he's raw. He has some guard flexibility. But I, from what I've seen of him, he is a mammoth on the line. He, His potential and his ability to pancake uh, rushing DNs is fantastic. And I would love, and I think that that is a move that will show Justin Herbert we're committed to you as well. I mean, that as I said last episode, that's really the formula. It's as soon as you get the quarterback that's on his rookie deal that looks amazing, that looks like a franchise guy, you surround him with talent as soon as you can. Herbert had a below average offensive line first year. They already made many, many moves in getting like Corey Lindsley in the offseason and Matt Filer and other players like that, but Rashawn Slate or Rashawn Slater, I'm sorry. Penny Sewell will really elevate this line and make and give him a franchise left tackle for the next 10 years. It's an amazing move for the Chargers. It's not a flashy pick when they are a kind of flashy team, but I think it's definitely the right one. At pick number eight, I have the Carolina Panthers not trading up. Originally, I would assume that they would have traded up to get one of the quarterbacks, but now because they have traded for Sam Darnold, I have them getting Jalen Waddell. 
Waddle will come in and immediately fill in the Curtis Samuel role that he left. They're going to go right back to three incredible receivers. Waddle is so, so speedy. I like Waddle more than Devonta Smith, personally. And I think that he will fit the Carolina offense. It'll give Sam Darnold one of the best receiving trios to add, not including Christian McCaffrey, who's the best receiving running back in the league, but one of the best receiving trios. They re- pair up Robbie with Darnold giving and give him Waddle too. I think that that is just an offense waiting to explode. It is really putting all your chips in the middle for Darnold by getting another receiver rather than doing something on the defense. But I, I like the move. I think that it'll elevate the Panthers already fantastic receiving core to a new level. At pick number nine, I have the Denver Broncos selecting Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. I know that there have been concerns about his personality issues and his love of football, but I really think that that could be out the door. Right now at the position at Mike Linebacker, they have Josie Jewell, who on a defense where I really think that this could be a top five defense in the league, that's a player that's just not going to get it done. So having Parsons there instead is really, really going to elevate them. Vic Fangio will get the most out of that him as a prospect. I do think that if they were faced with pick number nine with Trey Lance still on the board, they would think long and hard about it. But I, I had talked to a Broncos fan last night, and he just kept reassuring me that when Locke was with Sutton and the full healthy team, they went 4-1. and one. So please watch Locke. And it really did give me the idea like, you know what, we really haven't seen Locke with the full team. I think that compared to Daniel Jones, we have seen Daniel Jones with the Giants, with Saquon, without Saquon, uh, two full years in the system. Locke really only had one, and it was without Cortland Sutton and a rookie Jerry Judy. So if the two can progress, you add to their already stacked defense and make them one of the best defenses in the NFL for sure immediately. With pick number 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting Patrick Sertain uh, out of Alabama. This is after they lost Byron Jones two years ago, not this past offseason, but the one before. They really have a huge need at cornerback. It was definitely shown throughout the season. Their past defense was one of the worst in the NFL. He's a boundary guy that will immediately come in and be the one, I assume. Uh, I think that there is a chance that this pick is J.C. Horn. But the Cowboys feel very like they're a very traditional America's team. Go with Alabama, the best college to the best NFL team, or most popular at least. I don't, I can't say best, that's for sure. But I just see Sertain fitting in with the Cowboys and what they want to do, giving them one of the best, probably the best corner in the draft. At pick number 11, I have the New York Giants. They probably would have liked to select Jalen Waddle, maybe Micah Parsons, but because they're down at 11, I have them selecting Rashawn Slater. He'll probably go the other side of Andrew Thomas. This is another move to show Daniel Jones, hey, you're our guy, go out there and win. I'm personally feeling less and less and less confident in Daniel Jones as the as time goes by. But I think Rashawn Slater would easily bulk up that line in one that's very needed. Uh, right now, starting at right tackle, I think they have Matt Pert, who 
was a rookie last year. I think that he has the possibility to be something, but rather than giving that possibility a shot, they sure up the O-line, get arguably the best day one tackle, and get to it. Number 12, I have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Devonta Smith, Heisman winning wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, I think Smith falls to 12 because of his size, because of just the others looking so much better, but I still have so much hope for Devonta Smith. I think that he is really, really great. The Eagles luck out in the fact that they got to trade down and still select one of the top three receivers. It's probably not on their mind when they did trade down, but based on how things go, based on how the draft falls, this is definitely possible to happen. It'll give Hertz a much better receiver on the outside. A speedy guy who... Uh, the deep balls are going to be flying. I'm very excited to see him alongside Jalen Rager, two super speedy guys. I can't wait to see what they do in Philly. At pick 13, on the trade down, this is where originally the Chargers were selecting, but now it is going to be the Detroit Lions because of their trade down, and they actually get to trade down and still select their quarterback that they wanted in Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. I think Trey Lance is arguably third best quarterback. I'm really torn between him or Fields, but the fact that you're getting the third best quarterback in such a deep quarterback draft in the 13th pick is really incredible for the Lions. They'll sit with Goff this year, let Goff teach Trey Lance the best he can, have a year of sitting behind, then next year when they revamp the receiving core that is depleted in Detroit. I think that Trey Lance could come out swinging, very similar to like, I, I don't want to say Lamar because he's not as shifty, he's definitely more bulky. I guess a coming off of his MVP season type Cam Newton would be his ceiling. I'm not saying that he's obviously going to be an MVP type, but that's a comparison that I see and I've made. And I, I just love the idea of the Lions trading down and still being able to have their quarterback fall into their lap. I mean, I think that it's very lucky and it's not probable because another team might be a little bit antsy and trade up. But really, now that I'm seeing it, the only teams that I think could be antsy would be the Bears, the football team, and the Broncos. Broncos being the only one that have the firepower to do it because I don't think that they're going to try to trade so far down that they can't select a top guy in the draft. So I see them just trading down and not expecting to get a quarterback, but if it falls to them, they go with that. They have their guy for the future. I think that though they're committed to golf right now, uh, Lance is definitely the better guy down the road, and the, the money situation is going to be a lot better with him, and that's the pick. At pick 14, I have the Minnesota Vikings selecting Quiddy Pay, uh, edge rusher out of Michigan. Vikings already have a pretty solid edge rushing group. Uh, Daniil Hunter obviously is starring in it, but other than that, they really don't have anybody else disruptive. So I see them going Pay. I think that there is a very good chance that they go tackle or guard and try to shore up their line. But while they're here, they their defense is now definitely on the decline, definitely going the wrong way. So Pay will be a athletic linebacker, I think, is that first edge off the board? It is. 
I didn't even realize, but I mean, I personally have Pei as my number one linebacker too. Very athletic, fantastic bend, and is going to be a great contributor to the Minnesota Vikings. I, I don't see this contributing many wins, obviously, but it's definitely a move worth noting. At 15, I've got the Patriots selecting Jalen Phillips. Uh, a lot of analysts are coming out and saying that he's their edge number one right now. I really like what he did out of Miami. He's definitely now climbed over Gregory Rousseau to fill in that void. I know that the Patriots had just signed Matt Judon, and I even like Chase Winovich as a rusher, or Josh Uche as well out of Michigan last year. But Jalen Phillips is definitely going to come in and be the best young edge rusher. I mean, I still think Judon's a little bit more productive, but that'll be somebody that Bill Belichick will be able to play with for the next three, four years until he retires. Fantastic. So, so speedy, so athletic, which is obviously what's necessary in this NFL. Their linebackers and amazing secondary will only help his production, and I, I just see that that's a match made in heaven. Pick number 16, I've got the Arizona Cardinals selecting J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Originally, I think that that was the third cornerback in my rankings, but because of Caleb Farley's back issues, I've got him falling. Horn would now step in and take the Patrick Peterson role. They just lost him. I think Byron Murphy is very, very good, but he can't be the only one for sure. Horn will definitely shore up a secondary with Watt and Chandler Jones rushing the passer, and Horn and Murphy on the outside, and Buda Baker just and Isaiah Simmons. Oh, I That would be spectacular for the Cardinals. I really love this pick. Sure up a secondary that's very iffy and try to get their defense from middling to better than middling. At 17, I've got the LA Raiders selecting Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, J-O-K, uh, an off-ball linebacker who is fantastic at tackling and staying in coverage. I think that with the addition of Yannick Ngakwe, they're really trying to revitalize the defense. I don't know how well they do at that, but Ousu Koromoa would easily come in and contribute day one. He would probably be playing the role that Nick Kwiatkowski played this last year. Their linebacker play was below average. I know that they retained Nicholas Morrow, so I think that he'll get some playing time, but Ousu Koromoa can really slide all over the linebacking core on different sides. Weak, strong, all that. He is a great pick for the Raiders uh, to add to a defense that really needs it. At pick 18, I've got Christian Derisaw, tackle out of Virginia Tech, going to the Miami Dolphins. This is another move, showing, telling Tua, you're our guy. They're, I think that they're going to go offense happy in this entire draft. They really like who they have on defense already, so they go full-on offense. Right, They have a couple tackles that they drafted last year in the first round, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, but or not for... Not first round, but they were rookies last year. And I think that they like them. But if they have the opportunity to select Derisaw or even another tackle, I think Tevin Jenkins is definitely a possibility. Samuel Cosme is probably a possibility. But Derisaw, I'd say, is probably the third best tackle in the class. Comes in, will immediately start at probably right tackle and be a great cornerstone for Tua. My next pick, I've got Tevin Jenkins, tackle out of Oklahoma State, going to the Washington football team. This will probably be to be their left tackle of the future. I mean, they re-signed, or they franchise-tagged Brandon Scherf. They still have Chase Roulier. 
and they really need to improve their uh, offensive line. I think Jenkins has guard flexibility, but likely will play at the tackle spot. I think they've gotten rid of Morgan Moses. Uh, They they really have a pretty solid interior of the offensive line. It's the exterior, which is where they're definitely hurting. I think that that'll do a great job at protecting whoever it is that lines up at quarterback. I I definitely think that they could have gone defense, but being how much talent there was on the defense. I really didn't see them doing it. I think there's a possibility that they could have gone safety, corner, something like that. But even receiver, honestly, even though they just got Curtis Samuel. But I see them going Tevin Jenkins. The next pick, I've got Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, receiver. I like him as the fourth pick. I like he's going, in my personal opinion, he's going to be the Justin Jefferson of this class. So explosive, so fantastic. I mean, the reason why I don't think that he'll be as good production-wise in his first year is obviously because of the quarterback position. They have Andy Dalton throwing him the or Nick Foles throwing him the ball, which isn't that fantastic, but by the looks of it, by the looks of how the team is shaking up and how he felt about the franchise tag, I don't think Allen Robinson comes back next year and he hits the open market rather than, I mean, there's still a possibility that they double franchise tag him, but I doubt that that happens. I think that he hits the open market and it'll be Bateman steps in as the one for next year. Uh, At pick 21, I have Aziz Ojolari, a very underrated edge from Georgia going to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Justin Houston's old. They have Darius Leonard, who's a good coverage linebacker, definitely can rush the passer, but I think that they need some real edge presence. Ojolari will definitely get to the quarterback. Uh, I'm trying to think who else they have there. They have a pretty nice interior of their defensive line as well. Uh, they, they definitely could have gone secondary. They re-signed Xavier Rhodes. They don't have Malik Hooker anymore, but I think Aziz Ojolari will definitely be a great presence for pressure on the quarterback, something that's definitely needed in Indy. Uh, For the Titans at 22, I've got them going Greg Newsome, cornerback at Northwestern. He's been shooting up draft boards very, very fast. I think that this is going to be their Adoree Jackson replacement. They really need help on all sides of the ball at this point, except for the running back spot and I guess the offensive line. That's pretty solid, but I could see them going with another receiver and doing something to replace Corey Davis. Uh, Jayon Brown only signed for a one-year deal, so maybe they go linebacker, but they're and then Kevin Byard's in the back as a safety, but I could see them go safety. But overall, I have them going Newsome, shoring up a very depleted secondary. They drafted somebody last year who I am forgetting off the top of my head, but it's definitely an inexperienced group, and Newsome will come in probably be the one or the two immediately. At pick 23, traded from Seattle, I have the New York Jets selecting guard Elijah Vera Tucker at a USC. Probably the best pure guard in the draft. Uh, that's protection on the inside for Zach Wilson coming in. I think it's definitely necessary to shore up that offensive line. As I've said before, it's disappointing that they didn't do it in free agency with the big names that were available, but the draft is definitely a great place to do it. At 23 in the first round, they snag a guy who's young, should be helping to go alongside Mackay Becton. I assume Connor McGovern will probably stick on that line, but 
Vera Tucker will probably be the left guard, I would have to assume, uh, giving a lot more time to throw. I mean, it seems like Wilson can really scramble out of the pocket and make a lot with nothing, but we've seen with Darnold. Darnold was able to do that too, and his offensive line was really his biggest downfall, in my opinion. So, shoring up the offensive line is definitely necessary. Uh, for the Steelers, I've got them going Samuel Cosme. Now that Alejandro Villanueva left in free agency, Ben Roethlisberger is very, very old and not mobile. They definitely need to show up their O-line. It's very old. It was very productive, but they're starting to definitely go down. This will be a good way to boost themselves back up. I think that they could definitely go with a secondary position. They've lost a lot of players in their secondary, or maybe even edge rusher and fill in the bud to pre-roll. I like Alex Highsmith there personally, but Cosme should come in and be their starting left tackle. I think this would be a little bit too high to go running back, but I really like the idea of the Steelers snagging a running back now that James Conner is in on the running on the roster. I don't really like anybody there, but you guys know how I feel about taking running backs high and wasting a lot of capital and stuff like that on a running back. So I have them going Sam Cosme. Pick 25, I got Trayvon Merrig. Uh, out of TCU, safety. He's flying all around the field. Very good in coverage. Can also is also very good at making the tackle. Uh, I think the Jaguars' best safety is Andrew Wingard, who is very below average. Definitely not a starting caliber safety. Merrick will come in and fill a slot that's definitely necessary on a pretty decent defense. I think that they definitely take a big step up from last year. I think Josh Allen continues to progress. CJ Henderson continues to progress. Miles Jack continues to progress. And adding Mary there, I think, is going to help their defense in a way that is definitely necessary. Pick 26, got Zaven Collins going to the Cleveland Browns. I love this move. I think a standing coverage linebacker is something that they need most on their entire team. As I've said before, I really love their offense and even the offensive depth. So I think that this draft is going to be very, very defensive focused. They're going to go linebacker. I could also see them going D-line or corner if they really don't trust Greedy Williams or Grant Delpit. But Zaven Collins at linebacker is definitely, I think, their biggest place of need. They fill it in the draft. I love it. 27, I've got the Baltimore Ravens selecting wide receiver Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Uh, Tony's been falling a bit on boards, but he has been my my guy, one of my favorite dudes in this draft. Reminds me a lot of a faster Debo Samuel who can break out. He's, I think, in that Baltimore offense with so much movement, receiver screens, receiver sweeps, weird. He runs next to Lamar, and then Lamar can either pitch or run it himself. Weird plays that in this new NFL, so they're expanding the playbook so much. I think Tony is such a versatile piece. Could line up at running back, could line up at receiver, could line up in the slot. I really like this move. Gives the Ravens a, a bona fide stud for the future, and I love that move. Uh, 28, I've got the Saints going Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. He was the third guy in the puzzle of Chase... Jefferson and Marshall, but Marshall is still very, very, very productive. Uh, now that they're switching to Jameis Winston, I assume will be the starting quarterback. They, I, I really like Adam Troutman this year, but it's definitely a regression from Jared Cook. Michael Thomas obviously had his pretty 
poor year, and Traquan Smith is not a two. So in this case, they go out and they get their two for whoever the quarterback of the future is going to be, whether that's Taysom, whether that's Winston, whether that's somebody else. But I think receiver is definitely the biggest need on this team. Their defense is still very, very solid. I could have seen them go corner. I think there's even a possibility that they somehow get rid of Lattimore, either through a trade or they don't re-sign him or something like that. So secondary is a possibility, but in a team that's always been pretty pass-happy, pretty, always a very efficient offense, they go receiver and get the guy for whoever they put at quarterback. 29, I've got the Green Bay Packers selecting Elijah Moore, speedster at a wide receiver at a Mississippi. I really love him. I think he's so fast, so quick, so great at route running, um, to line him up alongside Marquez Valdez-Scantling and obviously Devontae Adams, giving Rodgers the piece that they need. I think that there's even a chance that the Packers trade up to get a receiver or try to get somebody better than Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is definitely best one on the board that's available now. But yeah, it's something that Aaron Rodgers has been begging for. It not only gives Rodgers a really young, shifty guy to end his career with, but it gives Jordan Love an amazing target for whenever he gets the starting job, whether that's next year, whether that's in three years. Moore will definitely be a consistent starter by then, and I really like that move. At 30, I've got a big faller, but still lands in the first round, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I think technically he was second best corner in the draft behind Sertain. Now he ends up falling all the way down to 30. Originally, he was projected maybe even top 10, top 15. Falls all the way down to 30 to a team who really can take a risk on a guy with some injury history. The Bills right now, though their defense is definitely below average, if they hit on this pick, this pairs Farley, one of the best dra- one of the best corners in this draft with Tredavious White. I really love that move. I mean, I we Levi Wallace and Teron Johnson are pretty solid, but they are no Caleb Farley. It's a swing, and if it hits, then the sky is the limit. I really like that pick. Then the Ravens trading with the Chiefs in the trade that I had said before. They had Christian Barmore. D-lineman out of Alabama. Uh, they already have a pretty solid D-line, but they... I mean, I think that there is even a possibility that they go edge instead of defensive lineman. Defensive lineman feels very Ravens. He's a disruptor in the middle first defensive... Interior defensive lineman off the board in the draft. Uh, sure up. Right now they have Brandon Williams there, who's very old, isn't going to continue to show anything more than he has been in the past. So Barmore is a great filler guy that they can just put all around the defensive line and wreak havoc. And then at pick 32 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have them crazily going Kellen Mond, quarterback at a Texas A&M. This is going to be the Tom Brady successor. They... Even though he is still looking fantastic, they know that the time that the clock with Tom Brady is not long. So if they get Mond and have him sit under one of, and get the tutelage of Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and get to inherit this fantastic offense and defense, really all around the roster, everybody's so young. And then the, the biggest reason why I see them going quarterback, not even that it's such a big need, is that they have such a deep, talented roster that they can make a move like this. And if it doesn't hit, they still have the talent necessary to continue winning right now. Mond, I 
they don't have an unreal backup quarterback either. And while Brady does not have an injury history, say that something were to happen to a guy who isn't too mobile and is very old, they have a guy who could step in and take control of a Super Bowl caliber roster, clearly, as they won it last year. Uh, there is a possibility that they go safety. Uh, like, their safeties are okay, but their Jordan Whitehead played fantastic, as well as Antoine Winfield Jr., a Rookie of the Year candidate who really stepped up in the playoffs. They are fine there. I, I, they, that's not the position that they need to go either. When It's really at a dead end. Receiver, I know that they haven't re-signed Antonio Brown, but I really like Tyler Johnson coming out from Texas. He's emerging. Scotty Miller is still one of my favorite threes in the entire league. I think Kellen Mond is definitely a possibility, sneaking right back into the last pick. Now, with the, with the next two rounds, I'm going to not give analysis on the picks. I'm just going to read them out. So, yeah. With the 33rd pick, the Jaguars select Jason Owe, edge out of Penn State. 34, the Jets select Asante Samuel Jr., quarter cornerback out of Florida State. 35, we have a trade to announce. Atlanta trades up to 35 with the Raiders, or trades down from 35 to the Raiders. Raiders trade their 48th pick, their third next year, and their fourth next year to trade up a couple picks to select Dylan Reduns, the tackle from North Dakota State, to share up their line. 36, Landon Dickerson, center slash guard to the Miami Dolphins. 37, Jamin Davis, middle linebacker out of Kentucky to the Philadelphia Eagles. 38, the Cincinnati Bengals select Walker Little, tackle out of Stanford. 39, the Panthers select Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of UCF. 40, the Broncos select Alex Leatherwood, right tackle out of Alabama. 41, the Lions select Deami Brown, the receiver out of North Carolina. 42, Joseph Osai, edge out of Texas to the New York Giants. 43, the Niners select Ifetu Menafanwu, a cornerback out of Syracuse. 44, the Dallas Cowboys select edge Gregory Rousseau out of Florida. 45, the Jaguars select Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. 46, the... New England Patriots select Dwayne Eskridge, receiver out of Western Michigan. 47, the Chargers select Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. 48, the Falcons now trading back down. This is originally the Vegas pick. They go Joe Tryon, edge out of Washington. At 49, the Arizona Cardinals select Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State, tight end. Uh, 50, the Miami Dolphins select Rondell Moore, a big faller, but the Dolphins snag him up there. 51, the football team selects Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri. 52, Liam Eichenberg to the Bears. 53, Carlos Basham Jr. to the Titans. 54, Aleem McNeil, defensive lineman to the Colts. 55, Travis Etienne to the Steelers. 56, Javon Holland to the Seahawks. 57, Wyatt Davis to the LA Rams. Then Trey Smith, guard to the Baltimore Ravens. Levi Onwuzurike, who's at 59, defensive lineman to the Cleveland Browns. At 60, 
the Saints select corner slash safety Elijah Molden, also out of Washington. Then the Bills get Ronnie Perkins, an edge out of Oklahoma. Packers select Jabril Cox out of LSU. Chiefs get Deo Odenigbo, uh, edge out of Vanderbilt. Richie Grant, the safety, then goes to the Buccaneers at the end of the second. And then in the third round, we've got the 65th pick. The Jaguars select Jalen Mayfield, tackle out of Michigan. Jets select Patrick Jones, edge out of Pitt. Uh, Jalen Darden, the receiver from North Texas, goes to the Houston Texans. Falcons select Brady Christensen, the tackle. Bengals select Quinn Minieres, the guard from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, the Eagles then sure up the secondary. They go Eric Stokes, corner from Georgia. Broncos find their competition and camp for Drew Locke and Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida at 71. Uh, then Rashawn Weaver, edge from Pitt goes to the Detroit Lions. The Panthers select Jamar Johnson, safety out of Indiana. The football team selects Andre Sisco out of Syracuse. The Cowboys select Marvin Wilson, defensive lineman from Florida State. Uh, Giants like Tylen Wallace, receiver from Oklahoma State. Chargers go Ben Cleveland, guard from Georgia. Vikings go Creed Humphrey, a guard slash center from Oklahoma. The Raiders go Deontay Brown, a guard from Alabama as well. Uh, Falcons go Javante Williams, find their girly replacement. The Miami Dolphins then go Chaz Surratt, linebacker out of North Carolina. I'm very high on him. Uh, Washington football team goes Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Tay Gowan, the cornerback out of UCF, goes to the Bears. Tommy Togai. The defensive lineman goes to the Eagles in what used to be Indianapolis's pick. Uh, then at 85, the Titans select Amon Ross St. Brown, receiver out of USC. The Jets select Jackson Carmen, tackle out of Clemson. The Steelers go Quincy Roche, the edge out of Miami. Rams, John Johnson replacement is Adarius Washington, the safety out of TCU. Uh, the Browns go Edge Peyton Turner. I got the Vikings going Jamie and Sherwood, safety out of Auburn. The Browns go Kelvin Joseph, corner out of Kentucky. The Packers double up on the receiver position and go 2-2 Atwell out of Louisville. Bills go Josh Myers, center from Ohio State. The Chiefs go Amari Rogers, receiver out of Clemson to fill in Sammy Watkins' role. Uh, Buccaneers get... Osa, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I have not done much research on him, but he's a defensive lineman out of UCLA. Uh, Patriots then find their replacement for Cam Newton in Davis Mills, quarterback at a Stanford in the third round with their compensatory pick. Chargers go Davion Nixon, D-tackle out of Iowa. Uh, Saints go Dylan Moses, linebacker from Alabama. Cowboys go Tommy Tremble, the tight end. Uh, Titans go Pete Werner, middle linebacker. Lions, Tyler Shelvin, uh, D lineman from LSU. The Niners go Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Rams again go Rodarius Williams, the corner from uh, Oklahoma State. The Ravens go Hamza Nasirladeen. And last but not least is Cameron Sample, edge from Tulane, goes to the New Orleans Saints. So that is my three-round mock draft. 
hopefully I can return to this mock draft and have many, many of my takes end up being right. There's a great, great, great possibility that it is not, but hopefully my analysis on the first round picks gives you a good idea of who I like, who I don't. In the coming weeks, I'm going to be also giving my draft positional rankings, giving my takes on fun things that could happen, some weird trades or picking a position that they didn't think would or something like that. And I just want to really dish out everything in the draft and what it means for every team, what every team needs, things like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this mock draft 1.0 from the Sauce Lab podcast. Have an amazing day and peace.